0: No man should ever walk alone, with Danny Frawley.
1: it is to have your company once again on no man should ever walk alone it's all thanks to our great mates and wonderful supporters at chemist warehouse the real house of fragrances
2: hello to you danny frawley yes as i've got a little bit of diesel on from chemist warehouse jack Can you smell it (laughs) beautiful you've probably got a bit too much on i would have thought (laughs) you've gone a little bit overboard it's um yeah the best prices in town there's no doubt in that with chemist warehouse mate uh, before we get on to this week we're we we had some great feedback last week from uh, Prostate, Alding mm. Prostate, Nick Holland being the CEO of the EJ Whitten Foundation. Dr. Rowan White was outstanding again, as per usual. And then to hear David Parkin talk about the real-life scenario that he lived and breathed it, I think it goes to say that we, we've got a long way to go because breast cancer we talk about have got a great, um, open, frank discussion, and they promote it really well. There's more people die... More men die from prostate than breast cancer, so it's it's a stat that we don't want, and we we've just got to get out there and, and get our get our bloods done at least once a year. That's all, and especially from 35 over. That, that that's the key. Out that, of it. Those
1: stats surprised me last week. I remember sitting yeah. here just listening to you all
2: talk, and I thought, gee, that's
1: that's frightening.
2: Yeah, 63 men die a week in Australia from prostate cancer, and they say at least half of those can be preventable. If you get the, get it in time, so that's that's a damning stat in itself. It's food for thought, isn't it? No, it is. It just goes to show. And I think David Parkin hit the nail on the head when he said, "If you don't don't worry about doing it for yourself, do it for your family, do it for your friends, do it for your partner, mm. and do it for your kids. Because at the end of the day, um, males, we we've got a you know a lot of us are providers. So it's it's not a selfish thing. It's just a it's a it's a pretty naive thing. And I think we've just got to break that that glass ceiling open, Jack. But really looking forward to tonight's show. We've got Dean from Warrior One.
1: Yeah, now tell us about Warrior One because we What do you think of when you hear the word Warrior One? I feel like it's gonna be some sort of Jiu Jitsu, yeah, or like a or Jiu Jitsu, yeah, 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 Jiu Jitsu, yeah, Uh, yeah. um, Yeah. or like a Joe's brother, (laughs) Joe and Joe, they were twins, seven minutes apart. Um, I feel like it might be that, or like a boot camp, or something like that. No,
2: he is the guru of all things yoga and mindfulness, but more yoga. He has some magnificent trips around the world, but he is um, he's one of the he's frustrated like all of us. I do a little bit of yoga. He's frustrated that men. Haven't caught on like the women have. The women have been doing this for years and years and years. And uh, men are just starting to get involved in the yoga. They say, oh, that's not for me. It's a bit boring. But our busy, busy lives suggest we've actually got to do it. So really looking forward to that. And we've got Emily Braybon to talk about some substitutions for bread and And sugar, and I just, uh, you're you're on a bit of a meal plan at the moment. I am, and enjoying it a couple of, uh, two and a half weeks in. So the big change for
1: me is, um, so it's about 2,200 calories a day, Yep, and it's all, I've got to cook everything myself, which is good. It's good. Steak for breakfast, bud. That's good. 150 grams of steak for breakfast every day with a couple of eggs and some veggies and whatever, that's that's it like. Well, that's when I get up. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. So it so that, took me a week to get used to that.
2: That's a fulfilling breakfast. Do yeah. you feel like you need a snooze after it? or
1: No, no, then I go and exercise after uh, it. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then you sort of slowly work your way through for the rest of the day. But, gee, it's good. I mean, yeah. especially during winter. and That's a bit yeah. of a theme tonight is what to do during Spot winter on. and how to motivate yourself. But it's great to have a bit of purpose and you know, know you get up and what you're going to eat and then it's good for you.
2: No, uh, The days are getting shorter and it's very, very easy to sit in there and have some soup and lavishes of butter on hot bread, mate. So we've got to do everything in, in uh, balance, mate.
1: And Robbie Code is going to join us a little yes. bit later on. Now, he is our fitness extraordinaire. What's the theme tonight with Robbie?
2: Well, a little bit like me, I've got some good riding partners, and I kept saying to them, I'll, I'll do a bit on my own because I know you guys are fit, and I'll, I'll catch up. But you know what? The last month, it's just been diddly squat from me because I've been trying to do it on my own. So I bit the bullet. On uh, last week and turned up and got spat out the back because your ego, that's the thing. These guys have been, I was with them, but I've just sort of trained off somewhat. So the only way, for me anyway, is to get involved in a group. And then the pressure on that is to, not pressure, but just the camaraderie. And then we're going to ride up, um, we're going to go to Bright in November. Oh yeah. So we're going to do the three peaks and do it over three days. Some guys do it in one day, They're, they're right up there, just about mad. But we're going to just do that. So we've got a plan, and twice a week now I'm meeting those guys. And, yeah, each morning, I'm not getting spat out the back as quick. <laughs> we call it in our group, cannonball. cannonball it's like yeah. a cannonball hitching the guts, and you just go backwards. So it's a bit deflating at the moment, but the ego is getting better and better. And that's the only way I've found that. Yeah, if you do it yourself, it's just so easy to stay in bed because at the end of the day, you're not letting anyone down by yourself.
1: As always, we're here with thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of real fragrances, and a reminder too that a few people texted this in last week, Spud, all of the previous editions of No Man Should Ever Walk yep. Alone, the podcasts are up. Uh, SEN.com.au is where you can go, and you can also download them
2: how you normally would download yep. a podcast. And they're all there. They're all there. I'll you know get my Instagram going. I've been a little bit spasmodic, but every... Um, Tuesday morning, um, when we get the podcast down, I'll get it on the Twitter, Instagram. Got my daughters doing that for me to make sure the spelling. <laughs> your social media operators. Well, yeah. sometimes me spelling can be a little bit left to chance, uh, Jack, <laughs> and you know that better than most. Um, so anyway, they, they do a very good job. So keep your eyes out for that as well. Let's get stuck into it.
1: To welcome in our first guest here, Spud. On oh, No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Now, you have been talking a lot on this show about your once a week, sometimes twice well, a week,
2: yoga sessions. Been a little bit spasmodic, Jack, but uh, when I was on my real downer, I uh, was advised through um, my psychologist to go and do some mindfulness. That didn't work that well, and my wife and her friends um, were all going to Warrior One. And I thought, oh, what's this? A boxing? Yeah, I'll get into the boxing. And went down there in Brighton and uh, saw Dustin Brown here. So I introduced Dustin. Good evening, mate.
3: Good evening.
2: So Dustin uh, was my first yoga. And it's fair to say that a lot of the uh, participants there were, you know, you got these little foam bricks and you've, you know, you've got to stretch your hips and that. And it's fair to say I had to use a few too, a few of them. But I've got down to one now. I had two, but no, it's something that I. Really look forward to now. Um, I actually look forward to that more than having a beer. Uh, the, the feeling I get out of yoga, and if someone had told me that 10 years ago, Dustin, and this is what this show is all about, trying to mm. break that glass ceiling of the men, because women get it, don't they?
3: They understand. And I, if you told me 10 years ago, I would have said the exact same thing. Why do
2: women <laughs> get it? Why do um, they get it?
3: I think, in general, growing up as guys, my dad told me not to cry. He'll, I'll give you something to cry about. Uh, right? Like yeah. you're you're conditioned from an early age. Suck it up. Yeah. Be a man.
2: That's a very important Yeah.
3: And, you know, there are times where you have to bite the bullet, yeah. keep going, go strong. But then if you, that's all you're ever conditioned to and you don't av- ever actually sit with your emotions and allow yourself to feel something, then it, often comes rushing up in a really undesirable rage, and that's an emotional outburst. You snap at someone, things like that. So I think that's a big part of it.
2: I found the, the, the word vulnerability that I found through the, mm. the teachings of, of Dustin and Warrior One was something that that your mind just sort of relaxes and you actually start giving something back to yourself because we're, we're on this treadmill of life, and mm. that's the thing that I I get out of it, not only from the, a physical viewpoint helping you, you're stretching because the older we get, you know, the more um, sort of tighter our muscles and tendons are. But the mind factor for me was the big thing about vulnerability um, through this. And I think men are are still afraid to to show their vulnerability. Is that a fair call? I
3: would definitely say so. Because you don't want to appear to be weak. Mm. And this idea of surrender is often seen as giving up power, of rolling on your back, giving up being weak. Mm. And I, you know, as a man, I don't want to feel weak.
2: How did you get into yoga? My wife made me go. Okay. <laughs> she uh,
3: literally, story of Elon Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. I listened, I yeah. went. And uh, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. And so that's super intense on the body. Wow. I was literally waking up daily in pain and just from training hard. It was my full-time thing. I was competing internationally. So I was pushing the body really hard. And she's like, you need to try try this yoga. After about, 30 days daily of her asking me to go. I finally went, and literally one session, an hour of downward dog in a hot room opened up my forearms and my back in a way I hadn't felt in literally a couple years. Mm. I was like, if that's the only benefit, I'm going to go do this tomorrow and the next day because I feel amazing. And that's what really started it for me, and it was purely physical. But then, as you said, the teachings, they kind of soften you, and you realize, like, you know what, maybe I am ignoring a part of myself, a big part of Mm. myself. And I think that starts to come up all men have this there's a part of us that we've shoved down and we don't tend to sit with it's easy to then focus on the doing and the, and, you know the opposite but if you sit take these moments of silence that occur in a yoga class it starts to come You sit with that and what you realize is it's not that bad it starts to give you mm. more as you said it charges yep. you up you sit with these things that you've been avoiding you're like huh maybe it's not that bad I'm gonna pull something really deep from that
2: and I, I found the the biggest thing for me was a um, bit of a monkey mind. You got, I've got two ears and and one mouth, but I never use it in proportion in real <laughs> life. But actually, to sit there and and listen is even was initially very tough for me mm. to sit there. And I started fidgeting, and you know. It, but the stillness of the of the the body and the mind was some, something that I. It took a while, but once I got the got the hang of it, I thought, wow, this is actually. What what was going on in my life, and it just it's a time to reflect, and the hour after it is such a good hour where you can just sort of, sort of you know, visualise your day. And mm. so if I can get these two things done today, I've had a real win. Win the past, you get up, you're ten minutes late, you hear you rush, you rush, you get home, you think, what was that all about?
3: <laughs> so true.
2: How did you get into the teaching side of it? Then did you did it obviously, with with your wife? So.
3: So I got into yoga just to do it for myself, for my own benefit, yep. and I was doing a lot of classes. I actually, because I was training as a full-time jiu-jitsu athlete, I had a strength and conditioning coach. Is this
2: in Australia? In Australia, yeah. Your, your accent, where you? I'm originally from Hawaii, okay.
3: but I've been in Australia for about 13 years. Okay. So, yep, Melbourne now. Very good. Who are you barred for? Uh, I don't know. That's all right. That's
2: good. That's a good thing. Know. That's probably not thing. a bad thing. Yeah, anyway. that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm, neutral. I'm you, neutral. That's a good it's, thing.
1: You were talking, Spud was talking before about it took a while spud 's probably the like the ultimate monkey mind as he calls it, just goes at a thousand miles an hour. How long does it take someone normally to start to adjust and start to allow the process to to actually properly work, or is every I, case I, different
3: everyone 's a little bit different, but I think it really comes down to having someone instruct you and validate what you're experiencing. Mm. I've, I tried meditation a few times and the styles I tried didn't resonate with them. They're like, you're trying to clear your mind. Imagine nothing Mm. and having an empty mind. And all I had was thoughts. And I was like, I'm doing it wrong. What? and I can't do it. What's the point of it? And I've heard many people tell me they can't meditate. Their mind's too busy. And as soon as I found a teacher, I found someone in Melbourne called Johnny Pollard, who's recently moved to New York, a whole nother story, but Mm. amazing meditation teacher. He Explained everything I was experiencing and gave me permission. He's like you don't have to stop your thoughts from coming You're not a buddhist monk. Mm. You have stuff to do you have a busy life your goal is just to sit and watch the thoughts come but don't attach to them and w- That's a practice in itself and if you literally sit and Try and observe and watch your thoughts and not attach them You notice your mind wants to run down each yeah. thought that comes it up. It wants to attach to it and go down that story but if you prioritize say your breath or one thing you're focusing on whether it's eyes open or closed and say no that's more important than these thoughts you'll start to notice the thoughts will Mm. come and then they'll go but you have that one point of focus essentially that is a form of meditation and another thing i was always restless i couldn't sit still with a straight spine i found it so uncomfortable my teacher's like put your back against the wall just allow your head to be free your spine will be straight you're fine and so all these little Mm. things he allowed me to be comfortable. He told me it was okay to have thoughts. Just watch them and let yep. them pass. And um,
2: So the, then into the teaching, so did you have to do a like a course? Or yeah, to-
3: so I did a course. I was going to yoga every day. I yep. gave up my coaches for strength and conditioning. And I was like, I should probably know that I'm doing this right. If I'm choosing yep. to do this full time. And so they had a teacher training at the studio I was going to. I joined up. And lo and behold, I was doing 90% things very wrong. Mm. <laughs> I, got some, I got some technique behind it and really understood how much depth there is to it, how there's so much more to it than just like throwing your body into a few shapes and taking a couple breaths. There's a lot of deep intention mm. and a lot of science that's been from a long, long time ago behind the whole practice, which is pretty cool.
2: I'm looking at Jack, and I've, I've been trying to convince him. and I think my cell... Is not as good as yours. Your is very good. The, the fact good. that you're also yeah. five minutes from
1: my house in Brighton yeah. is a yeah. good sell too.
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. make a point of bringing Jack down. Yeah, I'm I gonna would love bring that. him
3: down. And that's the thing. A lot of women ask me. They're like, "Oh, what do you think about getting my husband into this?" I think I've had a lot of weird yoga experiences before. I actually got into yoga. I went yep. to a few yoga classes here and there sporadically, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah." That was weird. Right? Like, <laughs> yep. you're like, yep. yeah, that wasn't yeah. for me. Yeah. They said weird stuff, didn't understand any That's anybody. right. They used weird language, yeah. which made no sense. Yeah. But then when I went to a teacher that was a guy that wasn't much different than me, like, I resonate with this guy. Mm. I can connect with him. Yeah. And then he explained things really clearly. He's like, we say namaste yeah. because it means this. It means my soul honors and respects your soul. Yep. It's a greeting. There's no religious connotation behind it. It's a re- That's beautiful. It's yeah, a it really is. nice thing, right? Yep. And that's a nice thing to honor another person. So when I started learning the meanings behind these words and the intention why we do them, I'm like, they have really pure, really nice meanings and intentions behind them. I'm like, okay, I'll do that because it makes sense. But before, when it was confusing, it's just like, are you making me worship the mm. devil or something yeah, super yeah. weird, right? Like, where you don't want to be doing something you don't understand. And that's what it is. Having...
2: And that's why I was telling Jack that it's not only the the thing that I like about um, Dustin and the, the Warrior One is that they, they you just let them run with it and you run with your thoughts through what they're talking about. And I think that's the thing that resonated with me because I was very similar. The mindfulness was just going in and out. My mind was just like a in a boxing ring it was my brain was going to the left or the right I'm thinking Mm -hmm. god this is just so frustrating but when when I sat down and did the yoga as much as you know a little bit painful early the the thought process and what they teach your brain as well that's the thing that that really connected with me, the body and the, and the mind. We're going
1: to learn a little bit more about yeah. Warrior One on the other side of this and talk about some of the travelling components mm. and where yoga can take you around the world. au with studios in Mordialic and Brighton, 461 New Street, Brighton, Spud. That's about a five-minute drive there. for me. You can uh, walk. Yeah, I can, absolutely. I get a nice
2: little uh, coffee across yes. the road. yes. Yeah
1: warrioroneyoga.com.au Dustin's going to stick with us we've still got Rob Code and Emily Brave on to come a little bit later on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone
0: No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley
1: Great to have your company on. No man should ever walk alone. Danny Frawley's here as always. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances, and our special guest from warrioroneyoga.com.au dot
3: dot au is Dustin Browns. And
2: Dustin, uh, you've opened up a new studio down the road uh, from Elwood. Where? Oh, sorry, from Brighton. Where's this one?
3: Morty Alec. We just opened up. It's the old Morty Surf.
2: Oh, I know where yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah,
3: It's I guess they've been there since the late sixties. Yeah, and before that it has some uh, interesting. Interesting roots. yeah. Like a hydroponic shop or something. That's right, and yeah. uh,
2: it, it, it's a big area too. Yeah, yeah. So bigger
3: cool. than our studio in Brighton. It's we built great view. A, yeah, beautiful view, and really nice community down there. We'll have all kinds of workshops and events. So,
2: so we're talking about Stopped. when you when you first turned up. Some of the, you know, the people get into yoga, and then they want that little bit extra. Um, I've been to one of the the just the one day scenarios, but you have some weekends around uh, Victoria, um, Melbourne.
3: We have uh, vino and vinyasa that we do down in the peninsula for Perro Winery, which is a pretty awesome day. We go and spend the day down at the studio there, and we take people for a three-course lunch and wine tasting. The wine is after the yoga, not during. (laughs) So (laughs) it doesn't get messy. Now I'm really listening. Now you've really got my attention. It (laughs) makes an epic afternoon, and it's just, most people we lead such busy lives, it's different to take that amount of time to be like, I'm gonna take a couple friends, we're gonna do a really slow, really uh, rejuvenating yoga class, and then have a slow three-course lunch and chat and enjoy the day. Fantastic. So that's really nice. And we also go overseas and have more longer longer offerings, week-long offerings in Thailand and New Zealand that are next level, that are just really fun.
2: That must be very rewarding, um, not only the one down the peninsula, but, but going away with a group of people. Um, great for you guys, you, you travel and, you, and you're working. Yeah. For the people that go, that do they, they're a bit sort of apprehensive because they don't. Do they go with friends or they go on their own? What's the?
3: It's pretty mixed actually. Yeah. We've had entire families come together, groups of friends, and even just singles. But what gets created is a really tight community. We don't take huge groups; mm. we limit them. And we, Nova and I work have done this for a while as facilitators. So we have a few techniques and tools to bring people together as a group so it becomes very inclusive yep. and fun. And instead of little cliques, it becomes more like a big family and the ability to spend that amount of time with people, to connect with them, and then to deepen their yoga practice and their understanding of what we're doing, its just awesome. And to be overseas, somewhere warm, yeah. winter, tropical.
2: magnificent, really especially this time of year. So when you, when you... you got one... Around the corner,
3: August in Koh Samui, Thailand. The nineteenth oh, wow. to twenty fifth. Just so. in August. Yeah. Get out of town. Come with us. It'll be amazing. <laughs> we we'll go to this amazing spot overlooking the best beaches in Koh Samui, and
2: so what? There. What's a typical day look like? Over there, then. Over. So, a
3: typical day consists of a morning meditation down on the rocks overlooking the water and a little bit of movement, qigong or tai chi, it's always yep. optional, and then we go jump in the ocean to have a swim before morning yoga practice. Practices are about two hours long, yeah. but they're slow and really planned in a way, so it's never too difficult, it's very well planned. And then leisurely lunch, lots of free time to get massages, go explore the island, do activities. We come together in the afternoon and have an evening yoga practice before dinner, and then we do it all again. And there's a few activities and little surprises we have. Oh, no, it's fantastic. It,
2: it just looks like a man yeah.
1: who has just not got a yeah. piece of stress in the well, world, Dustin,
2: say. doesn't he? It's just well, so relaxed. For a guy that actually grew up belting the absolute bejesus out of each other, because <laughs> that, but that's a that's a pretty tough sport, isn't it?
3: Yeah, BJJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is pretty intense. Yeah, It is called the gentle art of the martial arts, but... I think that's kind of an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so as far as you're concerned, you, you live and breathe it now. Is there somewhere in the world, which are are talking about a couple of yeah. overseas locations, is there somewhere in the world that you haven't been to that you would love to go to to do
3: this? Oh, that is a great question. There are lots of places that I haven't been in Europe that look absolutely amazing. <laughs> and... Fortunately, me and my wife are going to go on a little recon experience into some Spanish islands this year and hopefully find a new retreat location. So scouting retreats is pretty fun. We'll have to do that. We'll need to find some new places.
2: Oh. And for the for the listener out there, um, and they'll either listen it obviously tonight now when they're listening or on the podcast, I've got a couple of mates that have gone down. They they religiously, Nick Healy, I don't know whether you know Nick, he's down there and he's very early. What... what can you suggest, if you've got a sort of a, a beginner's package or something like that for a guy that's listening, to, oh, I wouldn't mind just getting down there, and yeah. what type of class should he book into?
3: Okay, so yeah, we have an intro offer that's great for everyone and it makes it really accessible. It's six classes for sixty dollars. That well, way you can go and try the different styles and the different teachers yep. because as I was saying before, sometimes you just haven't met someone that you resonate yep, with. Yep. And I I'm sure we all connect to a mm. certain coach, a certain teacher that yep. you've had in your life, they really you could understand and connected to compared to others and yoga is the same so that six first sixty dollars is a great intro offer and to try to as initial entry into yoga there's one of three styles i would try the first one which is the most gentle and therapeutic is yoga tune-up so that's literally self-massage myofascial release with specific size rubber Mm. balls that are made to be rolled on the body and it's done in a very technique heavy way so it's not just like oh here's a ball do Mm. some stuff You'll be doing specific type of breath on specific muscles in specific locations. So roll and release. The other type is yin, which you love, Mm. which is slow and very meditative. And then the third style is a little more dynamic, strength building and core work, and that is fundamentals. And that's the fundamentals for a vinyasa practice, which is then our last style, which is to be the strongest. So I'd suggest the more gentle styles, styles to begin, to ease your way in. And then when you're ready, if you, explore the other styles, you're definitely going to find something for you.
2: I found Jack and Jack's been a pretty good sportsman himself, um, cricketer with with a lot of footy. We spent all our career and working on the farm a lot of labour intensive work and then a lot of heavy weights. We, we spent most of our time pushing the bench and, and the shoulders, the, mm. you're just getting rounded and rounded and I, I can just remember my late father by. he was 6'3". By the time he passed away and, and you do Obviously, shrink a little bit. He would be lucky to be six foot. He was bent over because mm. he, he just worked on the farm all his life, yeah. and there was no, no no suggestion back in the day to you know do something where you're going to open sort of up first. your chest. Yes, exactly. And and seriously, it's like it's like um, waking up again after a year ago. because as I said, I'm very. I I'm not sure what it's called on the, on the back. Is it uh, right. starts with S? Um, oh, scoliosis. Yeah, that's it. But a bit bit of a rounded back. So I've just and got to get it, it well, we going have the other way.
3: natural curvature of our spine and then gravity. And even sitting, you yep. think of what this does. It shortens our hip flexors. It starts to hunch the thoracic spine o- over. Your shoulders internally rotate. Even sitting at a desk and using, yep. it starts to internally rotate. It's the same driving. And so if we don't do e- anything to reverse that pattern. And the body, it's amazing. It has such amazing ranges yep. of motion if you use them.
2: So Jack, for example, and like we're lucky, on a weekend, we we travel around Australia, we commentate football, but we're sitting in a car getting to the airport, we're sitting in a plane, uh, you know, scrunched. You get to the airport, you're sitting in a car to get to the hotel, you sit at the hotel, at the game, you do pre-game and after-game, you're sitting for six hours. Mm. Then you do it all again the next day and the next day, and I'm trying to convince Jack that, and he's here three, four nights a week, he loves his job, Mm. but he's sitting here from seven o'clock or probably six because he's doing prep work till 12 every night and then he's doing sitting down all weekend so jack i think you're young how old are you
3: 33 yeah well see, he's at an age now if
2: he gets into it now he'll be flying in six months
3: it it changed the way you feel in your body it changes such things as digestion the way i can't even start to go into the benefits but you'll just feel better You just feel better in your body, and we all want to be pain-free. Don't matter who you are in your life, we all live with some amount of residual pain. And when you start to lift that off, you're a nicer human. Mm. It's so hard to be a nice human if you're in some level of pain. It really is. And as soon as you alleviate that, you're like, I feel good. I want to be nice to people. And the hip
2: flex is an interesting one. You just, as I said, it resonated with me. I ride bikes a lot, Mm. so you're not getting full range, and I'm sitting a lot. And I haven't done yoga now for for three weeks, and my left hip is starting to ache. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, there's something yeah. there's something tugging down here somewhere. Yeah. So uh, Anita and I we've booked desk. A p- yeah.
3: Sitting away from the desk with your feet on the floor, your hands on your thighs, and doing a seated cat and cow or a seated flexion and extension of your spine. So flexion, rounding yep. forward, shoulders hunching, doming the back. And then inhaling, drawing the shoulders together and down, lifting the chest. Even that kind of moving your spine through its range of motion, <laughs> that's available. <Yeah>?
2: Flexible dude. <laughs> that, Jack. Was, yeah,
1: that was impressive right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no excuse. Six. I'm, I'm classes. already. So I am too, actually. I've got a whole show to do. I want to bring this. him down. No, I'm, I mean, it's, it's around I'm the corner from my place. I live in Elwood and you're in Brighton. You're in Morty Alec as well. well. we've We're
2: on radio together next Monday week. I'll bring him down, uh, and we'll, after a show, after a show, a <laughs> workout. We all program when Dustin's on. Him, we'll get in the, the yin relaxation for a start, Jack, That'd and then we'll awesome. go from there. That would be fantastic,
1: Dustin. Thank you for coming in. It's been lovely to meet you, and thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with us tonight. Thank you, guys, for having me. My pleasure. We are going to take a break. We've still got plenty more to come. Speaking of knowledge, we're going to talk next, Spud, about nutrition. The things that not so much the things you shouldn't be eating, yep. but the substitutes you can make. Emily Braybon will do that with us. And Rob Code's going to talk a little bit about group training and setting some goals for the winter. That's all coming up next on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances.
0: No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley.
1: All thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fra- fragrances. Now, we've spoken a bit of yoga, Spud, yep. and we've tried to tap into the mm. mindfulness side of things. What we want to do now, though, is with winter, it's cold, it's wet, it's been that way for a yep. good month or so now. I want to start to talk about how we can eat and prepare ourselves for summer. And the things that we love, we can't always eat, can we? Or we should eat less of.
2: No, spot on, Jack. And we want to brighten this show up somewhat, too. And that's <laughs> why we've got uh, Emily Braebron on. Emily, how are we going?
4: I'm good, boys. How are
2: you? Going well, going well. We we're just talking uh, the top of the show. Uh, obviously, this time of year, you like the stodgy foods, you know, the soups with lavishings of bread. And we're, a lot of people have been texting in, and the bread, the warm bread with a bit of butter, is there some sort of substitute or a, a type of bread that we should, if, we, if we're going to eat bread, what type of bread should we eat?
4: Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of kinds of bread on the market that you can get that sh- I mean you don't have to feel guilty about those extra carbs. Um, I'm quite partial to the protein bread company who have been working on a um, quite a crunchy bread that you can toast, and so you get that crunch of toast, um, but without all the carbs. So your usual slice of toast has, you know, 20 carbs, yep. 20 grams of carbs. This this has 1.3. Wow,
2: yeah. 1.3. So let's... What, 95% less? Calm. Obvious yeah. Obvious question, Emily, is how? Yeah.
4: You know what? I don't know what magical unicorn dust they put in that stuff, but it makes me a happy girl. And it tastes okay? <laughs> it actually tastes amazing.
2: Well, that's something I'm going to be getting right in the morning because we all love our bread, and I'm sure the, the listeners out there would uh, look at that as well. What if we don't go for the protein bread? Jack was talking off air. He's on a little bit of a 2000 to 20 calories or something per day, and he said that he's got to have one piece of rye bread. Is that better than just the normal white or wholemeal?
4: You know what? When you think about white bread or wholemeal, whatever toasts the fastest, that's the one that's full of sugar. Uh, So whatever you see going brown on toast, that's sugar in the bread. So you want to have something that takes a little longer to cook, which is why the protein bread stuff is so good. Another thing to remember is not all calories are built the same.
2: Well, that you learn something every day, Jackie boy. Our
1: faces just lit up. Yeah, then we've never heard did. that before, have we?
2: And we <laughs> do sometimes. You put some different bread in, and you put it on three. That's normal when it's toasted. You get it out, and it's it's not even cooked. So that's exactly. probably that's a good thing. So it's a
4: really good reference point to know which breads you're dealing
2: with. Yeah. Now, M on the breads. Um, as I say, the
1: the bread that I've been told that I have to eat as part of this eating plan at the moment is uh is rye. But mm-hmm. what are some of the? I guess the Pros and cons, sugar being the major con for some of the different breads. But what are some of the pros and cons for the different breads?
4: You want to look for one with, you know, whole grains, fibers, that kind of thing. Otherwise, you're just putting a whole bunch of processed and flours, basically, into your body, which um, they're just, because they're high in sugar, they're going to keep you content for maybe an hour. Whereas if you have something like a rye bread or a sourdough or, you know, a whole grain bread, that's going to keep you satisfied for three to four hours until your next meal
2: that's very very good what about the sugars obviously sugar drinks lollies your brain obviously come becomes very accustomed to that sugar absolutely, hit absolutely how can absolutely. you how can you fool your brain more importantly yourself <laughs> from actually saying i'm still putting this in but it's not as sugary as you think it is that's the challenge isn't
4: it yeah it is but you know what this is my this is my achilles heel Everybody is addicted to sugar in one way or another, where it's natural yep. sugars or, you know, sugars found in lollies, that kind of thing. But you've got to break that cycle. You can't replace it with something else, otherwise you're always going to crave those sugary things. So if you can go, you know, two to three days without sugar, you can go five days without it. Yep. If you can go five days without that packet of lollies, you can mm. go a little longer, and then you can have them in moderation.
2: And unfortunately, a lot of the sports drinks, you know, you have an exercise, you you do some weights, you have a good sweat, you think, oh, I might grab, you know, we, don't, we won't put a brand to it, just the sports drinks. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it's okay if you've really had a, you know, a three or four hour session, but a lot of them have just got a heap of sugar in them, haven't
4: they? Absolutely. You, you're, your athletes and your people that are doing this for a living, they need those nutrients. They need that kind of power. They need those sugars. But your average everyday, Joe, like you and me, we go to the gym, we're better off with, uh, you know, tap tap water or water with a pinch of salt or some lemon squeezed into it, something like that, just to make sure that we're getting all the electrolytes we need.
1: Emily, this might be a bit of a question without notice, but we're talking before about breads and the sugars involved, all that sort of stuff. What's the, In terms of all of the different nutritional products and and things that, and again, we won't put names to it, but is there one particular type of food where someone thinks to themselves, yeah, I'm eating this because it's good, and it's a common trap that people actually don't realise that what they're eating Actually, isn't that good for them in the first place?
4: Oh, yeah. We don't even need a brand name here. It's Sushi.
1: <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> Did I just
4: tell you Santa Claus wasn't real? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Sushi's
2: not good for you?
4: No, it's not. It's well, full of sugar. It's and of, this, is, yeah.
2: this, this is great because uh, we, we're in the media. We, we've, we thought we'd need something healthy. There's Anthony Hudson and even Jack. A lot of the guys grabbed the Sushi. So <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell, why?
4: In a nutshell, it is just the reason it's sticky is all the things they put into the rice to make it stay good and make make it taste good and stay together. So if you wanted to have healthy sushi, then go for a black rice or a wild rice or a brown rice, that kind of thing. There's still some vinegars and stuff in there, but it's a better option than having the one that's been sitting there for a few hours.
1: I know that we're talking... Sugars here, yeah. Spud, but I've had the jam taken out of my donut. Learning
2: this tonight, <laughs> like I'm, I'm flat. I mean, no, I'm happy with the protein bread, though. No,
1: I'm so am I. But I, I pledge to you and to Emily that I will not touch sushi again
2: after today. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm with you because I, I love the sushi, but I just you know thought,
4: what's just as good as sashimi, just get into the sashimi, boys.
2: Ah, uh, very good, yeah, very good. With good. the protein breads, getting back onto that one before I let you go, Emily. Yeah. Do, do, certain bakeries, um bake this obviously do you have to go to a specialized place to, to get this protein you bread do.
4: you can get it pre-made at a store chain called about life yep um they they bake it twice a week i think and it lasts about a week in your fridge you wow. have to keep it in your fridge and then you can buy all these premixes of protein pancakes protein savory muffins mm. sweet muffins that kind of stuff so you can actually have all the treat foods you always want just with a lower carbon sugar content
1: Emily, no. as informative as
2: always, and there's been a couple of myths that have been busted well, tonight. But the, the big one I love, Emily, is the toast. If it takes longer to cook, it's better for you. So well done, Emily. <laughs>
4: have a great afternoon.
1: Thanks, Emily. Emily Brave on joining us here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. Stick with us, though. We've still got plenty more to come.
0: No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Not
1: long before we finish up here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. As always, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We are learning a lot tonight, Spud. We've learned about yoga and mindfulness. We've learned about sugars in breads and Ooh. how sushi's no good for you. But now we want to talk about setting a few winter goals.
2: And we talked off the top, Jack, and uh, good evening, Rob Code. That's all we got Robbie on. How are you going, mate?
0: Evening, guys. How are you?
2: Good. We Jack and I were talking off the top, Robbie, about I've got this riding group and I've let myself go a little bit and it was always – I hadn't been riding with them for about three or four months and for the last four years, you know, it was religious. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we'd have a really good ride on a Saturday morning. And the ego sort of took over, and I kept telling the guys, yeah, I'll be back next week, I'll be back next week. But I was just getting um, more unfit and more unfit. So I had to bite the bullet last week and sit on the back, and, yeah, I got blown away. We call (laughs) call it cannonball, but it's actually got me going because I was going nowhere just saying to the guys, I'll be back next week, and it was always another week and another week, and the, the days were getting shorter. So I thought I'd ask for your experience about guys out there that, probably have got some mates that may, maybe, you know, they're, they're workmates so they maybe have some common themes to to get a goal in place, because our goal now in, on the ride is to, to do the three peaks in October and over three days, we won't be smashing ourselves but now it's give about six of us a really common goal that we're we're talking about, yeah, how many uh, feet did you climb this week and, you know, if you're doing the ergo, get out of the seat for half an hour and, and make out you're, you're climbing up Mount Hotham, so I thought we'd ask your expertise on on just the fact of how easy it is to, one, to get a goal, and more importantly, have a common thread through the training to get to that goal.
0: Well, you haven't left me much to say now, mate. Oh, sorry, (laughs) mate. (laughs) It was pretty good. You you, you covered it all. In there that you've got, um, you want to do the three peaks. So that's your long-term goal, and that could be for anybody, as you said before. We've got a bunch of mates together. If you've all got a common goal in place, and it could be a triathlon, it could be a marathon. It could be the three peaks. In, in your case, that's great. So let's, we've got the long-term goal in place. What about but, just
2: guys that don't do anything? Like walking's actually quite good through bushes, isn't
0: it? Yeah, well, hiking, perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Walk, walking, you can put a pack on or no pack, depending on your level, uh, running and riding, like, as you do. But uh, yeah, getting out in nature is the best, absolute best, in my opinion anyway. So get out and do do different hikes. But um, if you're looking at getting goals together with, with friends, you can. if you've got, say, three, three mates, you can have uh, three tracks each. So in your case, Spud, you could have three different rides. You have one, and your two other mates have one each. And then each week or twice a week, it just cycles around. No pun intended in that one. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I like but, it. I like it.
0: So we all get together and we do your track. Yep. Week one. Week two, you do mine. And then week three, we do jacks. Very and then we good. We cycle around each week. And that's all going to keep yourself accountable as well because just like shouting beers, I suppose, but it's bike, bike riding instead. So if you've got all these in place, you should turn up. It's going to keep you accountable.
1: Interesting this one, Robbie. In terms of the goal setting as well, so if we, we are thinking about that, and there'll be a few people listening tonight who are thinking about something similar, how important is it to start with something that's medium, I guess you could say, in difficulty, but also realistic as well?
0: Yeah, everything's got to be realistic. And um, having small goals along the journey all the way up until you get your final event or your long-term goal. So in Spud's case, he wants to get those three peaks done with his friends. That's your long-term goal. And then you want to have your smaller ones along the line. So smaller ones could be... uh, It could be, you know, you're going for a walk in your first couple of weeks and you might have the same track around your local area. So you might do that walk and you'll time it and then... The week later, you might do a walk-run, walk-run. So you might have one minute of walking, one minute of running, one minute of walking. Week three, it might be just running. So slowly, slowly, you're improving, and then eventually your long-term goal overall might be a half marathon, and then months down the track. Your objective is you should obviously be to get that marathon done. But you need all these small goals in between, and you've got to be realistic about everything you set. And it's also it should keep you accountable. So your discipline will come into play. And uh, if you say, you know, by week four, you're going to be running 5Ks, well, there's a medium term goal.
1: The accountability factor, would you suggest Mm. to write something down so that you've got some goals or things that you can go back to and and just look at them and say, well, how am I going Mm. compared to these goals?
0: Yeah, well, that's with any program. You should really document everything. You should have a a good uh, program in place that you completely understand and then, Take notes every time you do something, even weather conditions. Document absolutely everything you do, and uh, yeah, through your whole journey, you should be able to see changes. And also have some form of fitness testing as well. So you know, it could be a ride. So let's we pick Spuds' ride for this week, and we time it. So that's at your start. So your short-term goal would be to maybe. So if it takes you one hour to do Spuds' ride, then in a month's time, when we redo Spuds' track again, yep. we're going to make sure we're going to beat that time. And that's going to show your improvement. And as long as you've been training and turning up to all your rides through all the other tracks as well, you should be able to get there.
2: What about uh, the, the days getting shorter? Is that, is that harder or it's just to, <laughs> you just got to get up and, and put the light on the bike and away you go?
0: Yeah, yeah. of course it gets harder with the cold weather and that's what we discussed uh, I think last time we chatted uh, all the different ways of getting yourself motivated in these colder mornings. Um, or, you know, in some cases you might want to train in the, in the evening. But, uh, yeah, you're obviously gonna have got to make sure you've got the right gear in place and prepared with lights, helmets and safety gear for when it does get dark or move times if, if required. Otherwise, um, yeah, you, know, you obviously want to avoid any concerns, having any accidents or whatnot. So, yeah, you've got to think about that.
1: Robbie, as always, very generous with your time and sure very right. important the instructions and the advice that you give us. And we'll uh, look forward to chatting to you again soon.
0: You're
1: welcome, guys. Nice to chat. Robbie Coe joining us as we finish up on another night for No man should ever walk alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. David Beckham inspired by respect. 90 mils for 39.99, and it's only at Chemist Warehouse.